Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. going on y'all we are back with episode two of no bets bard first episode going over ufc 274 maybe not as successful as we hoped uh we were gonna be jed how we feeling man i'm still feeling great man it just because i got absolutely hammered in bets (laughs) last week uh you know we would have obviously hoped to to get off on a better foot but you know, you, you talk about it all the time. We talk about it all the time. It's it, This is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, and more importantly, I had a great time last weekend. Uh, the fights themselves weren't, there were a lot of duds, but, uh, you know, I I was sweating. I was sweating the whole black, even off Marcos Rogerio de Lima heavyweight. <laughs> so the rest of you who didn't tail me on that, you probably saw a heavyweight fight that was awful and you hated it. But for all of those who did, we were captivated. And again, that's the point of betting. You know, you get you get skin in the game. You get way more interested in what's going on in an otherwise forgettable card. Yeah, exactly, dude. I was uh, I was sweating out a lot of things. That Randy Brown, Chaos Williams. Shout out to the Wolfpack Wager. That was Wolfpack Wager, baby. That was a fantastic cash. Uh, that was a great fight. The Michael Chandler knockout. All time high. I was I was literally running around my apartment like screaming. I I was in shock. And then obviously the main event was fantastic. So overall, I also had a great time watching UFC 274. Kind of a nothing week for me. Didn't even lose a full unit, you know. So we're on to next week. We're on to UFC Vegas 54. Blahovich versus Rakic. Uh, not as quite as good as a card as last week. I mean, if we want to be completely honest here. So it is and it isn't. I mean, it's definitely obviously not as good as last week. But at the end of last week's show, we really bagged on this card. And I think that maybe that was a little unjust because this is it's not a huge name value card. The co-main event is we're going to talk about it. But uh, as as my compatriot at <laughs> MMAfighting.com, Alexander Kaylee likes to say, that's more of a second to last fight not really a co-main event nobody's tuning into this because ryan span and ian kutalaba are on it but the rest of the card it's got got some good fights and i gotta say connor you and i haven't been on air and talked about this but one of my favorite favorite things it's 11 fights baby this is this is tidy now i know it's getting started a little later in the evening so that kind of takes some of the edge from us but Look, 15 fights last week. I know we lost the the Cerrone fight on the day of, which is a shame. Shame. Lo, 
Lozon was going to do the damn thing for us. And then, then we're in the black, baby. The we're closer we got to fight Eddie's- night, I was starting to think Joe Lozon round one was a lock. And I, it, I, I think Vegas, I really, so good I believe it. Vegas got word that we were just pounding Lozon. And by pounding, I mean putting a quarter unit on it. Round one <laughs> plus 800. And they got so scared they had to call the fight off. Look, they got shook. But. You know, losing that fight, we still have 14. That's just a lot, it's a lot of, of fights, fights down. We've got a tight 11 here. You know, hopefully all of these will stay on. Uh, and we can have a great, a great, great Saturday night. Absolutely. That's what hopefully we're going to do after 11 fights. We're going to find ourselves in the green, in the profitable things. Another interesting thing about this card, six main, six main card fights, five prelims. You don't see that too often where there's more main card fights than there are uh, prelim fights. You do not, though. I think again, we could we could quibble about what counts as a main card fight since it's all playing on ESPN two and ESPN plus. The differentiation between prelim and main is is very minimal, and especially with you know no disrespect to some of these fighters, but is Frank Camacho Manuel Torres I mean, is that really yeah. a main I mean, card quality fight? I like what uh, Alexander Cately said. You know, co-main, it's really the second to the last fight of the evening. That's kind of how I feel a lot of, about a lot of these main card plays. Let's get into it, though. Let's dive right into the main event. We've got a former champion fighting in the main event. Recently a champion. Jan Blachowicz, 28-9, going up against Alexander Rakic. Right now, currently, the line's sitting at Rakic, minus 190. Jan Blachowicz coming back. You can get him at plus 160. Jan Blachowicz, man. First fight since losing the belt to Glover Teixeira back in October. Terrible performance by him. He's come out and said that he woke up knowing he was going to lose the belt that day. I was on Blachowicz that night. I can't get around to putting my money on him again after the performance that he had in his last fight. I have a side play on this as a parlay piece, but as far far as a actual side picking a fighter... Uh, I do not have a play here. I don't know about you as far as picking a fighter in this one. I shouldn't. I should <laughs> not have a play here, but I do because I find it almost impossible not to bet on main events. Uh, even when maybe I don't have the most confidence or maybe the line is screaming at me, Jed, Jed, just don't give me your money. This is You can just move on down the road and wait. I can't do it. Uh, and that's what this podcast is about, baby. No bets are barred. And so because of that, I'm taking action. But I am, I'm with you. I had I had money on, on Yanni Blocko last time. I thought he was going to be able to stuff Glover's takedowns and get that legendary Polish power to work. And he just really couldn't. And that made me reevaluate essentially the entirety of Jan Blachowicz's career, where for most of it, he was an also-ran. You know, he was a guy who was good but never great. And I think at the end of his career, kind of after watching the Glover fight and sort of reconsidering, I think we may be in a situation where Jan Blachowicz had a really good run, but wasn't an exceptional fighter. And I don't know if Alexander Rakic is an exceptional fighter, but I know that he is a damn good fighter. He is a much younger. He has much higher volume. I think he's going to be a lot faster than Jan. Uh and for me, the biggest question here is just how different Jan will look in this fight because he can kick. Kicks are obviously a huge weapon for him. And against Glover, he didn't feel confident throwing that body kick. That's really patented of his. But I think Rockich, uh is just ascending. This is a guy who should be undefeated. 
uh, frankly. And I think if he was undefeated, this line would probably look a little different. The whole narrative around his career would be a little different. So it's a bit juiced, but I'm taking Rockage at minus 190, and I, I wouldn't hate him as a parlay piece, even though, as we mentioned last week, I usually save that for kind of those people above minus 225, minus 250. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. I think he's going to be the faster fighter. I think he's the more athletic fighter. It's it's what you said, man. He's on the ascension. What we have to find out, which is what's keeping me from playing Rockage here, is Jan Blahovich on the descent? Is he on the decline, or was that one bad outing for him? I mean, he is one fight removed from being the title holder, the, the man wearing the belt, the Polish power. I mean, I I just don't have enough confidence. I don't have enough knowledge to go against him or to play him so i'm just going to stay away from the fighter side what i do like is a parlay piece of the over one and a half in this one minus 275 the polish power as much of the polish power is true 15 of his last 18 fights have gone over one and a half and he's the one that i was more worried about i think rocket's plan here should be what he did against Thiago santos stay on the outside stay patient use the reach advantage use the use the speed go in go out uh you know and just kind of tag him up as the fight goes on uh you know, Rockich, of course, he's got the knockouts on his resume. We've seen, you know, the head kick in, in 40 seconds, just flat-lying dudes. Uh, but since joining the UFC, man, he goes to a decision more often than not. Five of the seven UFC fights have seen the scorecards. It's going to be sweaty, obviously, light heavyweights. Both the dudes have finishing capabilities. But I do think we get to the over one and a half. And at minus 275, I was willing to pay that price. I think that's totally reasonable. And, again, it's probably a better bet than mine, if we're just being honest here, because— Here's one thing. Or Rockets makes makes it look easy, man. Or or Jan really is just done. That's my that's my guess and my belief. Uh the one the one big thing that has me questioning is Jan is eighty one has an eighty one percent win rate when he is an underdog. That is enormously wow. high. And, <laughs> that's a nice stat. That is sweaty. a nice stat right there. It is enormously high and very sweaty considering this. Uh, but again, I just, I like all the rest of it. And I, I think this is just Alexander Rakic's time. Jan had his, and, uh, I don't have the stats here, but I remember looking this up years ago, champions who lose their title, their, their fights that follow that it is overwhelmingly likely that they lose again. Like I remember looking this up years ago. It. And so I don't remember exactly what the number is, but for whatever reason, once, once you drop the belt, you know, you're you're probably on the way out for your career is more likely than not, especially at what's Jan 39. Uh, I'm going to yeah. take the younger, faster, faster guy for sure. Yeah. 39. And that last fight, it was, it, he looked bad. Like there is no ifs, ands or buts about it. He looks bad. I, you know, it was kind of from, from the, from the opening bell, it was like, wow, we probably aren't going to catch this bet here. It, it yep. does not look good. And then he got put out by Glover. Uh, in the second round, I'm not gonna lie. Since I don't have a fighter in this one, I'm cheering for Jan. I like Jan. Sure, you know, I like him as a personality. Right. I'm hoping he's not done. I hope he makes another run at the belt. You know, the light heavyweight division. Some of these older guys can get the belt, but we'll see. I think it's gonna be an exciting fight. It's obviously, it's the fight I'm looking forward to most on this card, far and away. I guess that's probably the case for me. I, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but what I will say. This also has the benefit of being one of those bets where I want to cash it. If I don't cash it, a little part of me will be okay with it just because, like you, who doesn't love Yanni Blocko? Man, the legendary Polish power is the greatest rebrand in the history of this sport I mean, as far as I'm concerned. I, um, I also saw a, st a stat, the legendary Polish power. 
he only wins by knockout in like 22% of his wins. Yeah. It's like, it's like the best rebrand. He, he doesn't actually have it, but he knocked out like Luke Rockhold and was like, yeah, nobody's ever done that before except everyone who can throw a left hook. All right, well, we'll see what happens in the main event. Let's keep it rolling on to uh, the co-main, or as we like to say, the second-to-last fight of the night. It is another light heavyweight bout. Ryan Spann going up against Ion Kutalaba. Again, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what's going on with me these last two weeks. I don't have a fighter play in this one. I have a side. I have a total play, uh, and it's also a, a parlay piece, so it's really not that exciting. Um, but I will be taking this one to not go the distance at minus 425. I parlayed it up with the over one and a half in the main event. So I got a nice two fight parlay to finish the evening. I mean, Ryan Spann, he's just the definition of, of killer be killed of late 10 of his last 13 fights have ended in first round. Like that's just a ridiculous stat. And he's seven and three in those. So he's either winning by finish or losing by finish. Kutalaba, not nearly as much killer be killed as Spann, but he's no stranger to a finish either. I mean, his last two went to a decision, but before that six straight fights ended in finishes. He went three and three in those five of them ended in the first round. Just watching these guys going back to the tape, they're both aggressive. They both have finishing capabilities. I will be surprised if this one goes all 15 minutes. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty good bet. Uh, I I don't have action at the moment, and I am desperately trying to not make a stupid bet <laughs> on Ryan Spann. And I need oh, you... Spann would be the side if, if you were going to play this. No, I need you to talk me out of it because... I recognize I because this is like last week when you tried to talk me out. You didn't so much so, but you tried to talk me out of putting my money on Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts because <laughs> why would you put your money on Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts? And it's exactly the same thing with Ryan Spann here because in my head, my head is saying Ryan Spann is an enormous human being. He how he makes two oh five is unbelievable. And Yon Kutalab is not a small man, but he's going to be massively outsized. And Span is a pretty good wrestler. And Kutalaba kind of throws the kitchen sink in round one and then sort of falls off a cliff if he can't. And all of that makes me think, well, Kutalaba tries to wrestle. He's going to gas. And then Span is just going to find the big shot to finish it. But I just, I can't talk myself out of it. And I know that I should. So tell me why I should keep make me be smart, Connor. I need you to do do me a solid. Here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's what I'm going to do for you. If you lose a Ryan Span bet, it's going to come by finish, in my opinion, and it's going to be demoralizing watching Ryan Span get finished, losing your money while he's at it. And on top sure. of that, it could be a first round finish. You could watch two and a half, three minutes of this fight, and your money could be gone just like that. It's totally possible. Again, Kudalab is going to come out. He's going to throw hands. And it's not like Ryan Spann has the world's greatest chin. But I cannot talk myself out of just how big he is and wanting to <laughs> bet that size and athletic ability are a cheat code in this sport. And so, like I said, I haven't made the bet yet. But if it keeps moving, I'm going to make a bad decision. Uh, and so you listeners, don't don't make the bad decision with me. It's a bad decision Never invest your money in Ryan Spain. Listen, if you're just basing it off of size and athletic ability, I think Michael Venom Page is a big underdog in the Bellator card this weekend, uh, and he's got a massive size. He's a huge underdog, but no. <laughs> Logan Storley's going to kill him. He's just going to wrestle him for 25 minutes. It's the best. Yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't have a great time if I put money on Ryan Spann. Now, if he knocks Kutalaba out, I mean, it'd be really cool. You know, he's got the S on his chest. <laughs> 
look, you know, I that's we're going to figure it out. One day I'll make better choices. It's probably not going to be this weekend, but for now I have made a good choice. Let's so be honest. This is a weekend where there. it's it's pretty easy to uh, to make poor choices. This this is a card where things can get ugly fast. For sure. I think actually kind of holistically most of the lines on this card are pretty well made. Like as I was doing the study and the research, I was like, man, I can't. There were some of these fights where I, I felt like I should be able to find some action that I wanted, some, something the fight appealed to me, but the the odds just sort of look look correct to me. So uh, this might be one of those weekends where at the end of it, I haven't made that many plays, and then I'm going to be incredibly sad about the plays I didn't make uh, because I got a little too conservative because it's, it's really tough. It's a really tough weekend. No doubt. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Let's keep it rolling, though, because this next fight is probably the one I'm second most excited for on the card. It's a bantamweight bout. Luis Smolka going up against Davey Grant. I think this one is going to be one of the most... Exciting one on the card. I think the uh, I think the fireworks are going to come out in this one. I actually have a play on a fighter and on a total in this one. So uh, it's about as sweaty as it Ooh. gets. And then there's that uh, obvious uh, outcome where you lose both uh, and you get a double loss, which is what we're trying to avoid. Um, for me, I mean, Davey Grant, he's, he's fireworks. Dude. He's exciting to watch. His last two fights, Marlon Vera and Adrian Yanez, I mean, both fight of the night bonuses. And then uh, he got two performance bonuses before that. Uh, when he knocked out Jonathan Martinez and Martin Day. Uh, and I think that's what's going to happen here. I think he's probably going to knock out Luis Smolka. Smolka, he's 3-3 three and three since returning to the UFC. All three losses by finish. Actually, all three wins, too, are also by finish. So uh, we haven't seen him go to the scorecard since returning to the UFC. Uh, and we just saw how quickly Vince Morales just put his lights out last time out. That was Morales' first knockout in over three years. It's not like he's some KO artist. Grant, I think he holds a lot of power in his hands for a bantamweight. He's got good boxing. The Adrian Yanez match was fantastic. Uh, and I think he's going to get it done here. I think he's going to get it done by knockout. So I add him to a parlay at minus 270. And then I took a single on the under two and a half at minus 155. If he if he wins, I think it's going to be my knockout. And if he doesn't win, I think more likely than not, he's probably going to get submitted by Luis Smolka. Smolka's got like seven submission wins on his resume. Davey Grant, four losses. Four of his six losses have have come by submission. All of his losses in the UFC have come by submissions. And, and Smolka's pretty slick on the ground. So I think no matter how this fight ends, I don't see it going the distance. I uh, I didn't even look at the over-under, but I really like the under two and a half bet that you've got there. I think that is very, very solid. I have action on here. I have a baby bet, and it is Let's against go. you, my good sir. Uh, I I kind of want to be invested in Louis Smolka here. Uh, the number's just not right, but you mentioned it. Uh Lewis Smoker by sub is plus 650. Um, that's about a 13% win prob. And 
I think that number has value because I do think that if Smolka gets it done, and I think he can get it done, frankly, um, I, I think it, he's going to get something in transition, get a takedown, find the neck. Uh, you noted it. I mean, Grant, I think, like 80% of Grant's losses have come by submission. Smolka is pretty slick down there. He's not the world's greatest grappler, but he's got some craft to him. Uh, and like you said, Smolka, since his return to the UFC, he has been all, all finishes, win, win or lose all finishes. Uh, and so I I like Davey Grant to win probably, you know, but he he's only been the favorite twice in his career. He's one and one in those two bouts. So, you know, that's... We don't have a ton there. Uh, and I just, I like an opportunity for Lewis Smolka to get a little grimy with it, find find some body locks, figure out some tie-ups, and maybe he can find a, find a way to get, get a tap. So, again, just a baby bet, just a quarter unit, but I think Smolka by sub at plus 650 is uh, a very interesting bet for me. I don't think that's a terrible one, man. I mean, I said it before you even mentioned anything that I think mm-hmm. if Smoker wins, it's it's probably going to be by this one hitting the ground and him throwing something up and, and getting Davey Grant out of there. So I, I don't think that's terrible. I think regardless, I think it's going to be exciting, and I don't see it going the distance. What's Grant by KO? Can I, can I, I want to say him inside the distance ended? is uh, minus 120, plus 105 at, uh, at Caesars currently. If you want to take Grant by KO. Grant by KO plus 135 is what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I'm seeing the same. So, uh, maybe I, I might get on that and just do a little double-ended action. Because uh, I do think that is the most likely outcome in the fight for sure, is that David Grant just finds a way, put hands on him. He's a much, much more powerful uh, guy. Decent-sized band and weight. Smoke, obviously, was a flyweight for a while. And, uh, you know, I think that is also a bet I could be interested in. All right, well, there it is. Let's keep it rolling on the main card. Women's flyweight bout coming up next. Kaylin Chukagian, 17-4, going up against Amanda Hibas. Is, is this is this the, the third fight you're the most excited about on this card? I guess. Everybody gets excited to watch Kaylin Chukagian fight. Come on. I mean, the decision machine, and, and that's exactly where I'm <laughs> heading on this one. It's, uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving is playing overs in Kaylin Chukagian fights. And I scooped up the over at uh, minus 210, over two and a half. I mean, she has this is going to be her 15th UFC fight, and uh, she has zero finishes. Yes, she's been finished before, but herself, I just don't, I just don't see her getting a finish. And when I first saw this line come out, I, you know, I don't know about you, I, my knee jerk reaction was Hebus. And then looking into it more, I forgot that Hebus, straw weight, moving up to flyweight, very undersized going against Kaitlyn Chukagian. The UFC site has it listed as 5'9 versus 5'4. Two-inch reach advantage as well for Chukagian. There's a world where Chukagian just bullies her with her size, outpoints her, and wins a decision like she does against almost everybody. Yeah, man. I have exactly the same read as you because my, like you said, my initial reaction when I saw was, ooh, he boss is a little frisky there. Some plus money action. And I have a pretty good deal of respect for Caitlin Chikagian as a fighter, but I really like Amanda Hebas. Uh And so I was like, yeah, that's something. And then when I watched the tape, I was like, oh, it's probably not. Um, I mean, if Hebas can score takedowns and keep Chikagian down, but Chikagian's pretty good at defending takedowns, pretty good at getting back up. And the size difference is going to make that even more difficult for Hebas, especially because Hebas is going to have difficulty navigating that range. 
Um, we saw her have a little bit of those struggles with Marina Rodriguez. Um, obviously, they are Rodriguez and, and Chikagian are very different fighters. Um, am I am I correct? Am I doing that correct? What they have fought right? Who? Amanda Hibas, Amanda Hibas, and Marina Rodriguez. Yes, right? and Marina yeah. Rodriguez. And Rodriguez knocked her out. Yeah. Just making sure I wasn't totally misremembering this. Um, I watched a lot of tape today, so it's yeah. You can get lost, man, if you're watching too much of it. Um, but yeah, I uh, like I said, I I have very much the same read. Uh, Chukagian has 75 percent win rate as a favorite, and uh, that's that's a really confident number. The interesting thing there, Hebas has been an underdog twice in her career and has cashed both tickets. So uh, if she can go three for three then that's something to start looking at. But I, I'm with you. I don't have the over here. I instead have fight goes to decision prop at minus 220. We're basically talking tomato, tomato. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is going to go. I've got that prop is in a parlay we will talk about in a little bit. Um, it's a parlay piece just because it's at minus 220, but I think you could take it straight fine. And I also have uh, prop money on Chukagian by decision at plus 120 because... Uh, you said it. She doesn't finish people. I I have no idea why her to win straight is one minus one seventy, and by decision is plus money. It should just be like minus one fifty. So I'm taking the extra bit of value. I think Chikagian has at least a fifty percent chance to win this fight, and if she does, it's gonna be to the cards. So give me both of those bets. I mean, she's been fighting two or three times a year. Sometimes even four, in 2020, she fought four times and she has zero finishes since 2016. Yeah. Like she is, she is an active fighter and she just gets no finishes. So it's the gift that keeps on giving, taking the overs in her fights. Uh, also, let's just be clear. No finishes since 2016 is an impressive stat. She only has three in her whole career. <laughs> and and we're talking about, you know, coming up like in the game when you're playing a bunch of people who aren't good. <laughs> she only has three of them. It's she's just not somebody who finishes people. And so, yeah, that's... and weird, weirdly, two of them are by knees. She's got a couple knee finishes and an arm bar. Yeah, that's uh, that's just who she is. Tremendous fighter. She just isn't a finisher. And I have no idea why her line to win a decision is plus money it makes zero sense given there's that. a chance that i hop on on that with you i was i was on it against uh jennifer maya it's it's fairly stress-free from the standpoint of of it going to the decision or not uh and then you just gotta hope that she wins yeah. I, I might jump on that with you as well the the fact that it's sitting at plus money eventually we're gonna get burnt she's gonna slip on a banana peel or she's gonna you know meme ko someone uh like chandler did ferguson and just end all the claims but uh Hopefully that day is not Saturday, May 14th, 2022. That's the thing, though. If you just bet it forever, sure, one time we'll take the L, but the rest of them are more than going to make up for that one time you take the loss. Yeah, so we're riding that one together, hopefully all the way to a decision. That's a definite, like, uh, round two, four minutes left. You hit the bathroom, you know, try and yeah. just, just forget just anything good. that's going on, come back. Oh, Chikagian's up two See? rounds to none. That's that's the thing though. I don't I don't even think you have to hit a bathroom with it. Chukagian is if she's gonna win, we're gonna know really early because Hebas is just not gonna be able to get anything going. And it's like, all right, bank it. She won the first round. This fight's done because she's not going to finish her. So it's just like, all right, cool, we're good. Let's go outside. You know, 
take a take a nice walk, get ready for for the the Ryan Span sweat. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I definitely took a, a bathroom break during Chazon Dumas last week. Easiest bet of the card that over one Easiest and a half bet. he gave me. That was a nice parlay piece. Got a drink, came back. I was like, oh, at it. We're we're still moving on that one. All right, let's keep it moving on this fight card. We're still in the main card. Lightweight bout. Frank Camacho going up against Manuel Torres. This one right now you can get Manuel Torres at minus 130. Camacho at plus 110. So we got the uh, Dana White Contender Series debutant as the favorite in this one. Camacho, he's making his return after almost two years off. Coming back from getting KO'd in 41 seconds by uh, Justin Janes. He's actually been finished in his last three losses, besides the point here, but uh, he's taken on Manuel Torres, who rarely, if ever, sees the scorecards. You taking a fighter in this one? You taking a, a side, a total, anything here? <laughs> I wouldn't touch this this fight with a 10-foot pole, man. Frank Camacho is Frank Camacho. The dude hasn't won a fight. Like He hasn't <laughs> fought in two years. He hasn't won in, in over three. Uh, and Manuel Torres, I... One, hard to find tape on him because he doesn't have a ton of it out there. Uh, and what we've seen is not super instructive. The contender series win over Colton England. Look, I'm not here to denigrate the man. He he shoved his finger in his eye, and then when the ref didn't stop it on the eye poke, he just clobbered him. And that's fair because that's the ref's job to intervene, but I can't take a lot from him winning the fight by poking a dude in the eye and then attacking a man who was clearly not trying to fight him as a result. So uh, I don't have any kind of a read on what Manuel Torres is about. Uh, I think, you know, if I'm just a total guess is that he's going to finish Frank Camacho because Frank Camacho is not that great and has been getting finished a lot, but that is entirely a guess. Wouldn't touch this with my money if you, if you, it was your money and not my money, I wouldn't bet it. I'm actually like in lockstep with you in terms of picking a fighter. First, the second I saw it, I was like, oh, I might bet Manuel Torres there. I mean, Camacho has been struggling lately. But then I did what you did. I watched some tape and I was like, there's just really not enough to prove to me that I should be placing a wager on Manuel Torres here. And then you also just look at the experience differences between these guys. Camacho... He's losing, but he's fighting some pretty good guys. Drew Dober, uh, Jingliang Lee, Jeff Neal, Benil Dariush. Like, he's fought some of the better guys in this division. Manuel Torres, just not enough on him. I'm with you. I'm not touching this fight from a fighter standpoint. But shocker, I don't know what's going on. I got the prop plague here. I got the prop bug. I'm just betting all these props. I do like the under two and a half. Torres, like I said, he almost never goes to the scorecards, 13 or 14 in his career. It's only been one time that he's made it to the scorecards. Hardly ever leaves the first round. Like, he just gets it going as as soon as it as the fight starts. Uh, he's got finishing abilities. He's also been finished twice. Camacho, last three fights he has been finished in. Last three losses, I mean, he's been finished in. Uh, but he's also got decent finishing capabilities as well. 19 of his 22 pro wins are coming by finish. If you combine these guys' two records, 90, 39 of their combined 45 professional fights have not gone the distance. I'll take my chances with that number at minus 175. Well, that's a good stat. I'll, uh, I'll play that, <laughs> and uh, hopefully someone gets finished here. Look, I, I think it's entirely possible. Uh, but again, I just I do not know. I know plenty about Frank Camacho. I don't know enough about Manuel Torres other than... He's a well-built young man. 
He looks like he works out, and that's about all I I can glean from the li- limited tape I've been able to that's see. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So. so, a little bit of hope on this one. Uh, you know, eventually the uh, when it when all you have is first round finishes on your card, you get that uh, that decision. Hopefully, it doesn't come here though. Let's keep it rolling. The final fight of the main card. It is a flyweight bout. Jake Hadley going up against Alan Nascimento. Jake Hadley currently at minus 210. Nascimento at plus 175. Now with this one, similar to the last one with you, I do not have a play at all on this one. Jake Hadley, kind of what I can take away from him. He's an exciting dude. He's coming off the contender series. Actually, his last four fights. Bellator, Cage Warriors, Dana White contender series, and now he's jumping uh, into the UFC. So he's kind of got a little bit of every promotion under his belt lately. Half his pro wins are by rear naked choke. He's got a couple go-go platas as an amateur. Like he's got a pretty good ground game. It seems like, but I just can't lay him at minus 200 or more. He's debuting off the contender series. Not Cemento. He's pretty slick on the ground himself. He's never been finished. I could just see this fight going either way. So I'll be staying away from it. And again, we are in lockstep. Uh, I think I, I briefly did consider Hadley. I did too. Um, just I because too. I I think he is... You can do worse if you're looking for a parlay piece in him. But um, I, I told you last week, and I, it's a rule I live by, I v- really don't like betting on fighters who haven't made their UFC debut yet or uh, large promotion, big kind of fight. Uh, because Hadley has that championship experience in Cage Warriors... It gives me a little more confidence that he is not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. Uh, And based on kind of what I've seen, I would pick him to win. But laying juice on him is still really questionable because he is he's shown weaknesses, too. You know, he has not breezed through everybody he has fought uh, in his professional career. Uh, The Cage Warrior title fight against Luke Shanks. He he had some moments of of, you know, getting buzzed or whatever in there. Uh, and that just, it, it gives me enough pause to say, I, I, there's, I can, there are better places to put my money. I don't have to get something down on every fight, even though that is an impulse, man. I love to put bets on every freaking fight. I'm, I'm staying away. Uh, but I think this is going to be a great scrap. I think oh, Nascimento, sure. Nascimento has pretty good, uh, size for the division as well. Um, so they're going to be teeing it up on the feet and then if Hadley goes to that grappling tries to take the fight down uh, I'll be really interested to see his top control versus Nascimento's kind of guard play he's he's very active off his back yeah man it's going to be a super interesting fight but I'm in agreement with everything that you say this is this is one of those weeks where you kind of have to you have to like put your you know put your hand over the trigger and be like I, I don't have to make a bet on everything here you know there's you get that feeling, you know, you get down in your gut when you really like a bet, when you're ready to go to the book, place the bet. I have not felt that feeling, uh, you know, as much as I did last week as opposed to this week. Some of these, you know, I, don't, I just don't want to force anything. For sure. Uh, and then now, see, the thing is some of those things where I do have that feeling, because I honestly don't have that feeling for just about any fight on the main card. Uh outside of maybe the Chukagian one, because once I got into that, it felt really good. But there's some of these fights in the undercard I feel way better about. And frankly, I'm surprised that they are undercard fights as opposed to main card fights, because we're talking about some pretty well-established names here. Uh, 
And so with that, I think we should we should just roll it on through to to a prelim action because I I think you have three different bets down or, or three fights with action on of the five in the undercard. I've got a few and I maybe will have one extra fight to talk about so we can just keep things moving. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Well, I love this. Let's roll right on to the prelims, our five-fight prelim. Uh, we just finished up with our six-fight main card. Uh, first one up, it is a women's flyweight bout. Uh, Vivian Arojo going up against Andrea Lee. This is pretty much a coin flip. Andrea Lee minus 110, Arojo minus 110. At pretty much every book uh, across the board right now, you know, it's kind of a coin flip fight as dictated by the odds. But do you have a side? I have a side. Oh, do you have a side? I have a side. Oh, man. I'm nervous. I'm nervous to find out what you have. I'm excited because getting a side on a coin flip fight, that is. It could be anything. Last week we we pulled. It was a wolf pack last week. Uh, what with and a winning wolf pack. Important to remind everybody the wolf pack, one and one plus money. I was going to say shout out to Randy Brown. Shout out to Alex Polizzi. He had nothing for Yoel Romero, but uh, we move. We're not going to talk about Alex Polizzi. <laughs> I mean, he had nothing. He had yeah, nothing. That was fifteen was minutes. Actually, fourteen minutes and fifty nine <laughs> seconds of domination. Shout out to you if you had uh, Yoel inside your- the distance. <laughs> I'm very sorry if you had UL by decision. <laughs> third round Romero. You just, that man is too dangerous when he gets to the third round. All right, well, let's, uh, let's do it. I'm favoring Andrea Lee here. Oh, we are opposed. Let's we go. are at let's odds. Go. I'll, I'll let you kick it off. Okay. Uh, look, I initially, when I looked at this fight, uh, my knee jerk reaction was Andrea Lee. Uh, she's coming off some. I mean, frankly, the best performances of her career thus far. Uh, she looked so, so solid against Cynthia Calvillo. Um, I mean, also against Antonia Shevchenko, though. I have a lot. Shevchenko is is Shevchenko. She's she's got a better name than she is a fighter. If we're if we're being honest about Antonina, but the Calvillo fight, Andrea Lee looked so good. Um, and I was like, man, she might be ascending. Maybe she is finally coming into her own. She's going to take advantage of all the promise that she has. But then I dug into the tape, and I got to say, uh, I have some concerns with the Rougeau. I see why the line is as close today as she's 35, which is always a big question. Um, but if you look at her career, I mean, she lost to Jessica I and Caitlin Chikagian. Those are the two losses. Jessica I is a that loss means something different depending on who you are and certainly of the moment. Cause Jessica, I fought for a title. Don't forget that. Like she, she did the thing where she maybe wasn't great, but, but got the wins necessary. And Caitlin Chikagian, we talked about her already. She is the 
third best flyweight in the world, you know, behind Jessica Andrade, who's now straw weight again, and the GOAT, Valentina Shevchenko. So those are very explainable losses. And when I looked at this tape, I think Rougeau is uh, is the more powerful striker, and I think she's going to be a little bit faster. I think Lee has the volume. She has, she has such a high work rate, and that's great. But uh, I think... The, the big difference maker for me is is the grappling of Arujo. She's BJJ black belt. Um, Andrea Lee is, is not a bad defender of takedowns and will shoot some herself, but I mostly think Lee's going to want to keep this on the feet, use that volume. I think Arujo can be competitive there, especially with her power, and then I think she is going to be able to find opportunities to get this fight to the floor, keep Andrea Lee down, and probably take a decision. So that's why I'm betting Vivian Arujo. I got her at minus 105. So I guess that would count. Uh, no, never mind, because I'm I'm going against you. I was going to say, I guess we'll it would count as a Wolfpack. It would. You? It would All right, so yeah. But for you. <laughs> the grappling is my biggest concern here for Andrea Lee. Uh, I mean, no doubt. We, we've we seen her get taken down. I mean, I watched the Roxanne Monteferi fight. Not a great performance there by my girl uh, KGB in that one. If Araggio gets it done, that's how she's going to get it done, by being able to take it to the ground. Personally, in my opinion, I think that Andrea Lee... While she is not as athletic as Arojo, I think she does have a striking advantage. I think she has a volume advantage. I think she also has a defensive advantage when it comes to the striking department. She may not be as powerful uh, as Arojo. One of the things that I am really banking on, you mentioned it, going to a decision. I think it's going to go to a decision. I parlayed up uh, over one and a half at minus 500 or minus 425. I can get into that in a second. Arojo's gas tank is very sketchy as it gets later into the fight. We have seen her struggle in the later rounds, and in the third round specifically, I went back. She has a negative 45 striking differential in third rounds in her UFC career. She has two for seven on takedowns, and the two that she landed were against Roxanne Martiferi. Other than that, she is 0 for 5. She's going against someone in the lead, decent cardio. We've seen her have success in the later rounds. In my opinion, I think, you know, I probably, if I was smart enough, I probably would wait till after the first round. I think Arojo takes the first round. Then I, that's a much then I would bet. live bet because I think you're. I think dead I would on. live bet Andrea Lee. I think I may double down with Andrea Lee here. I can't believe I'm actually saying that. I'm going to double down on KJB after the first round. I think Arojo takes the first round, and then as the second round goes on, Andrea Lee begins to take over. Andrea Lee wins the third round. We get a nice disgusting split decision i may even bet that too i may even bet the winner comes by split decision split decision is i couldn't find the odds up for that yet but i think that that could be a really really tasty line also that might be our that might be our value play and then just real quickly the over one and a half i parlayed that up uh ufc career combined 14 ufc fights for both of them they have never gone under one and a half i don't see them going under one and a half here there's almost no chance, so I think that's great. This is exciting because I'm going to present a bet for you. I'm going to gift you a bet because I can't make it because I almost didn't pick Vivian Arujo just because I want to make this bet because I think it's funny, not necessarily because I think it's the best bet in the world. But <laughs> Andrea Lee is has, did this really fun does this really fun thing where she kias every time she strikes. So she's just yelling at Vivian Arujo, which actually probably does benefit her towards the split decision. Judges seem to really respond to <laughs> people yelling. 
And you know who else kias when they oh, fight? Kaylin Chukagian. Another another woman. You can do a kia parlay of Kaylin Chukagian <laughs> and Andre Lee, and you can get that that beautiful parlay. Those two together get you at plus one ninety seven wow. for the kia, the kia parlay. parlay. Maybe I can put enough on it that I can go buy a Kia with my Kia parlay. I like that. I like that idea there. Uh, Yeah. What is it about the judges get impressed by people screaming while they fight? I I don't know, but they definitely do. And literally when I was taking notes, I was like, oh, that's that's a point in (laughs) Trey favor. And that's when I realized, like, actually, Chukagian does this, too. Can can we make a parlay of the two of them for the gimmick? But. Uh, so I'm gifting that to you. I won't bet it because I am stupidly betting against the fun of the Kia parlay. But you may have it, sir. And good fortune. I won't with bet you. it, but I think I I will cheer it on. I just I don't know. Do I want to put my money on that? Do I want to throw like maybe I'll throw like ten shekels down? You know, nothing. A couple bones. Oh, sure, just just a little baby. See if I can get some it. free Chipotle out of uh, out of the Kia parlay. I mean, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I think it goes to the decision. It's it's going to be nasty when it gets there. I know that much. Uh, let's keep an eye out for winner comes by split decision. I, I think that is a tasty, tasty play there. That's that's going to, the more I'm thinking about that, that's that's going to go into the, the No Bets Bard Hall of Fame just like Joe Lozon round one. What a bet that was. Oh, yeah. Best bet we've ever made. Just, and hey. We can still get it. Who knows? Because that fight did just get rebooked for Austin, June 18th. I like the idea uh, in my head, though, that Vegas got scared. They knew. Oh, they did. And we'll we'll know that for sure when that line comes out in June. And they're like, oh, now it's plus 300. <sighs> it was dropping. I will also say this, dude. I'm a little disappointed. We're both Georgia guys here. You're going against an Atlanta native in, uh, in Andrea Lee. Yep, sure am. I'm, I'm... I mean, Atlanta, Texas, not the same <laughs> thing, but... Atlanta regardless, man. Come on. I can't believe that. I thought, I thought we had to stand up for our Atlanta natives. But, all right, we're going against each other. That's going to be interesting to see. I'm sure it uh, won't be. Is that the first time? It might be the first time. We need we need something for this, like, Wolfpack. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something instead of, uh, instead of Wolfpack, we, we go head-to-head. This is going to be uh, fun to keep track of as we go along. Uh, let's, let's keep it going with this one. A, uh, another prelim fight, flyweight bout, Virna. Jen DiRoba going up against Angela Hill. Currently, you can get this one at Jen DiRoba minus 165, Angela Hill plus 145. So I actually do not have a bet in this one. I am very tempted for this. I don't know if you okay. are, have you, if you've ever placed this before. It's only on Bet Online Sportsbook, not plugging in, but, but they're the only ones that offer it. The points plus three and a half, minus three and a half. I love I love points bets. I think they're really fun and make a ton of sense, especially for people who, you know, love football and are really used to getting point spreads. I think they're great bets. So as like a quick explanation, uh, if you're a listener that isn't aware of it, you know, you're going to get plus three and a half, minus three and a half in a three round fight, plus five and a half, minus five and a half in a five round fight. What you do at the end is add up all of the judges scorecards. And then obviously it works like a spread in football or basketball or anything like that. So, you know, a three-round fight. Let's say I take Angela Hill at plus three and a half in this one. She loses 30-27, 28-29, 28-29. She loses. You add all those up. She loses by five. That would not cover. I would lose that. She loses 29-28 across the board, though. That's losing by three points. 
I would cover in that situation. Just a, a short explanation. So I haven't played it. I'm looking at it. Angela Hill plus three and a half is currently sitting at minus 125 right now. She is notorious for having close fights. She's the queen of losing split decisions. She would have covered plus three and a half in nine of her last 10 fights, 13 of her last 15 fights. It's not like Jander Roba is some world beater. You know, she's three and three since joining the UFC. My main concern, though, and that's what's kept me off of it to this point. Jander Roba, those three wins in the UFC are all by finish. And if Angela Hill gets finished, which she has before, especially by submission, which Jandy Roba specializes in, it would it would chalk me up as a loser. So that's what's what's keeping me off the edge here. Oh, I think you should feel confident in that bet. Oh, I think it's right. a very solid bet. I'm placing bet. it right now live on the show. It's getting Love. placed. I think that's a great bet because, I mean, yeah, Angela Hill has been finished before, but it, it's not a thing that happens all that often. Um, and I... I don't have a huge amount of confidence in this bet, so uh, take that with a grain of salt. But I do have action here, and I am backing Angela Hill. Uh, I'm taking Angela Hill by decision at plus 220 uh, just because I I think if Hill wins, she's she's not a huge finisher. uh, And so I think instead of getting her at plus 145, which is about a 40, 41% win probability, I don't love that. I mean that I think that those odds are are okay, but I think you can just juice that up to plus two twenty by decision, and that's a m- much better line, much better value there. Uh, certainly have concerns. The biggest one being what you already mentioned. Angela Hill has a knack for losing questionable split decisions, but to some extent, that's why I'm backing her here. I think talked about a lot before. I think Hill is one of those fighters who, if she got some better scorecards some more deserved scorecards in some situations, we would think of her very, very differently than we do. Um, and, you know, sometimes that eventually the the gods are going to even things out and things are going to come up her her way one one time. And I think that this is a fight that just really plays to her style. You know, Jandaroba, uh is, I think, outmatched on the feet. She is very wild there a lot. And I think Hill can kind of take advantage of that. The question being, Jandrova, obviously a tremendous grappler, but Hill is pretty good at defending takedowns. Um, and so I'm I'm back in the underdog here, but we talked about it on a separate fight. I think this is another fight where wins by split decision. Figure out the line on that because Angela Hill loses a lot of split decisions. And so there's just very much an opportunity for that bet here as well. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. Um as long as she doesn't get finished, I think she can she can definitely take a round, if not the fight, off of off of Jandaroba. I mean, if you look at it, she's essentially fought her entire career. Like I know she's thirteen eleven, but she's essentially caught, fought her entire career in the UFC. Whereas Jandaroba, yeah, she's seventeen and three, but she's only six fights in to her UFC career. Yeah, and look, and Hill has fought everybody. She has fought the very best people in the sport: Claudia Gadea, Michelle Waterson. Uh, Tisha Torres, Yan Zhao Nan, like these are all top shelf fighters. And she, you know, she lost all of those fights technically, but she, she absolutely beat Amanda Lemos. That's what I thought too. Her last fight. She 100% should have won that fight. Uh, I say like Lemos was like minus 400 too. Yeah. She was a huge favorite. I thought she should have beat uh, Michelle Waterson. Um, you know, the Claudia Gadelia fight. I, I don't remember, uh, 
exactly how I scored it, but I feel like I had her winning that too. Like Hill, Hill has gotten a raw deal a lot of ways. And so I always look up kind of, uh, you know, favorites versus underdogs and their win rates just as a bit of context to make me see if I'm missing something. And I talked about it on a few of these other bets earlier. For this one, Hill has a really poor, like bad win rate as an underdog. It's 12.5%. It's really wow, low. That's um, terrible. <laughs> It's, it's, it's super low, and that would normally make me want to stay away from her. But if you actually factor in for the fights that she probably should have won, that number jumps up a tremendous amount. And so I feel like uh, I'm I'm backing her. I believe in Angela Hill. That has cost me money a lot historically, but I'm hoping the gods even it all out and we get paid off this weekend. All right, so we're both supporting Angela Hill in this situation. Uh, hopefully it does work out for us. Let's keep it going. I did just place that bet, by the way, so now I'm locked into that. Love it. Love riding Angela Hill on uh, on some sweaty decisions. <laughs> say, that's sweaty palms, baby. All right, we got a, another prelim. I believe this is the curtain jerker. It's a middleweight bout. Nick Maximov taking on Andre Petrovsky. And right now you can get Maximov for minus 380. Petrovsky coming back at plus 290. So I don't really have much of an opinion on this one. I just wanted to kind of talk about it with you a little bit. Nick's, Nick Maximov has, like, he's kind of become a little bit of my arch nemesis. I don't have, oh. like, any hatred towards any fighters specifically. But I bet Cody Brundage uh, back in September, and I also bet Puna Soriano. Kind of heavy on Puna Soriano, too. Uh, and, you know, he kind of just laid his way to victories in both of them. Got like, 57 takedowns against <laughs> Sorry, yeah, 57 takedowns and, you know, Pona just couldn't get up. It's 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 such a frustrating way to lose a bet, too, because it's like, oh, man, it's it's frustrating. So, uh, yeah, Maximov. And then he comes on the MMA hour the next day, and I was like, oh, gosh, this guy. I, he's he's just really – he's just been really killing me. I think – I know he's 8-0. He's coming out of Nick Diaz Academy, everything like that. I think there's going to be an opportunity to fade him at some point. I just don't really think this is the spot here. I, <laughs> I see, about, I I see some people it. jumping on Petrovsky. I'm not too <laughs> confident in that, especially after his last fight. I know he won by finish, but the opponent was miserable. Uh, and I honestly, I really toyed with the idea of adding him to a parlay at minus 400 just to really see if I could cement this guy as like my rival. Because if he were to He's blow a, a parlay, yeah, bust a parlay, at at minus 400 i mean i would have to just like go full bore hate on this guy uh i stayed away from everything but seeing nick maximov at minus 400 is uh it's a crazy day to me i like i can't argue with a lot of what you're saying but i don't have any personal issues with him or professional issues with him i've never bet on or against him but i'm changing that this weekend because i am putting him in a parlay let's go i look you said it. Uh, Andre Petrovsky has has fought a cavalcade of bad people. <laughs> Just people who aren't very good. And the good people that he's fought have all beaten him. This is a dude who got ninja-choked by freaking Brian Battle on Tough. And Is that the like, coolest finish? Is that the coolest possible name for a finish? You got the coolest name, certainly. I don't think it's the coolest finish. I have a special love in my heart for Peruvian neckties. But it's also a good name. It's also a very good name. But Ninja Toke is the coolest name, I think, for sure. Um, but look, for whatever the foibles, and there are certainly some that Nick Maximov has, this man can grapple his ass off. Um, no this doubt. This man 
can can score takedowns. Talking about a guy who has a wealth of experience in submission underground. Um, and even if he can't absolutely hustle uh, Petrovsky on the floor, which I actually think he can, he can at the minimum just plant him on the floor and sit on him the same way he did to Pune Hill Soriano. So, look, you never... I never feel the most confident about having money on the curtain jerker just because the curtain jerker, what it means, what it signifies. But in this instance, I've, I, t- I got him at minus 380. I have that as a parlay piece with the aforementioned uh, Chukagan Hibas goes to decision uh, prop. So gets it down to about minus 120 for those two. Um, and I think that that's a, that's a fine wager. And so that's why I'm on it. Yeah. I mean, you're probably going to get to enjoy him laying on Andre Petrosky for eight minutes of the 15 minutes of the fight as he grinds his way to probably a 30 to 27 decision. Yeah. And that's, that's it. That's the other key thing. I am getting bet value here because otherwise I would probably hate this fight and, or not want to watch it <laughs> be like, ah, it's the first one. It's already a late start time. Let me just finish cooking dinner. I won't bother. But now put a little money down on it. Now I have incentive to tune in and be like, Hey, let's see what's going on with Nick Maximoff. I'm uh, nervously going. Wow. I, it, I'm just now learning that this card starts at seven 30 on Saturday, seven 30. Sure does. It's a late one, which is great that it only has 11 fights because if this was a 15 fighter and they were doing the, the big kickback time, it would be a real tough Saturday evening, but instead, 11 fights, worse things have happened. Yeah, worse things have happened. I, that's that's a mental blow to me right now. I'm I'm really going through that. I'm used to the – I love the 4 o'clock. I love the 4 o'clock prelim starts for like a card like this. All right. Well, we have to talk about one Sorry. more fight because there I, – I did a dumb thing, Connor, and I didn't – you know, previously, earlier in the show with Ryan Spann, I intentionally didn't make the bet so you could talk me in or out of making the bet because I was being smarter. I, I was not smart for a prelim fight featuring one's Mr. Michael Johnson and Alain Patrick. Okay, yeah. One, we just need to talk about this fight anyway because these are two pretty well-known commodities. Michael Johnson, at one point, was, you know, a top 10 lightweight or whatever in the world. Uh, but I'm very, very dumb and... I decided that I would put a little bit of a wager on Mr. Alon Patrick. Uh, I have a I have a sub bet form, a prop bet for Patrick by sub at plus five hundred. Look, Alon Patrick is not the world's greatest fighter, but frankly, neither is Michael Johnson. Uh, Johnson, nine of his career losses have come by submission. I like that. Uh, uh, Alain Patrick is a very solid wrestler. His issues are he is a crazy person and doesn't strike with anything resembling technique, but sort of just does everything all at once and hopes something lands. And then he'll shoot takedowns. He's a really good wrestler. He's a really good grappler. Uh, he will gas himself out. So if this bet doesn't cash in the first eight minutes, it is probably <laughs> dead well in the water. The I'll say probably dead in the water. But look, Michael Johnson got outworked by 40-year-old Clay Guida recently, just taking him down over and over again. I sort of wanted to bet uh, Patrick just straight as an underdog, but he's only plus 130, and that's a 44% win prob, and that's not that's not really where I wanted to be. But 
at sub at plus 500, which I think if Patrick wins is probably the most likely outcome for him is to find a way to plant Michael Johnson, sneak to the back and get a rear naked. Uh, so I put a little bit, uh, just a little bit on Patrick by submission at plus 500. I mean, Michael Johnson is three and nine in his last 12 fights. Like it's very true. Uh, also, neither man, another big question mark to betting this fight in general is neither man has won since 2018. <laughs> Artem <laughs> Lobov. Like, he beat Artem Lobov. Yeah, well, the GOAT. He beat the GOAT. I mean, that's a that's a great win. Also, the, the funniest thing is in the middle of all this red on uh, Michael Johnson's record, uh, there's a nice green first-round knockout of title challenger Dustin Poirier. <laughs> One-time interim champion, Dustin yes. Poirier. Michael Johnson has had he. This this is the man who beat Tony Ferguson with like before Tony started the run. Michael Johnson was the guy who beat him. Like his highs are extremely high, but his lows are very very low. And he hasn't had a high in a really long time. You know, split decision against Andre Feely. He he did the thing where he cut the featherweight. His last four in a row, he's lost. Um, they do have a common opponent in Stevie Ray, which, you know, very different times of, of their professional careers, but Patrick won a unanimous decision over Stevie Ray and Michael Johnson lost to Stevie Ray in this recent run. So there's a lot of things also factoring in, uh, Patrick is 40%, uh, win rate as an underdog. And, you know, that's, that, that's pretty tasty, especially, especially Connor. When Michael Johnson's win rate is a favorite, take a guess. What do you think Michael Johnson's win rate as a favorite is? He's got 36 pro fights. I'm going to say... Not all of those have bets. Obviously, have, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Have odds on them, obviously. I'm going to say 19% win rate as a favorite. Wow, you went very low. It's 28. Ugh. Which is still an incredibly low number to be winning as the betting favorite, and so, kind of with that, I I decided to take an action at it. And I actually don't like. I, might be I, I don't dislike bet. that at all, dude. I you talk about a stupid bet. I I just feel like I feel like you're gonna enjoy this. I'm gonna have a great amount yes, of fun this with Patrick it, bet whether it cashes much or not. more than a Ryan Span bet. Well, look, we're. We still haven't done Ryan Spam. We're going to try and keep it that way, but I make no promises. There's a lot of time between now and Saturday night. There's a lot even of more, time to Even get more bored. time than I thought uh, now that I've just discovered that they started <laughs> 7.30 on Saturday, which is just really, yeah, it's a huge blow for me. It's detrimental for my health to find that out. Oh, no, it's great, man. Just go out, uh, spend the day, do whatever, come home, cook dinner. And you'll be just in time to see Tatsuro Tyra because you'll have skipped the Nick Maximov fight because you don't have any action. I'll low be I'll low key be watching for uh, just a root on Andre Petrovsky. I got I need to see my enemies fall. All right, let's recap it. The bets that we have locked in currently right now. I got Grant Smolka under two and a half minus one fifty five. Chukagian Hebas over two and a half minus two ten. Camacho Torres under two and a half minus one seventy five. Andrea Lee going head-to-head against Jed, minus 110. And I just added live on the show, Angela Hill, plus 3.5, minus 125. I did that on Bet Online. Two parlays that I have, Jan Rakic over 1.5. Kudalaba Span fight does not go the distance. That one pays out at minus 146. 
And then I have Lee Arrojo over one and a half parlayed with Davey Grant. That one pays out at minus 155. I have Alexander Rakic at minus 190. I have... Uh... Smoker by sub at plus 650, a little, little half wager there. I have Chukagian by decision at plus 120. I also have Chukagian and Hibas fight goes to a decision uh, as part of a parlay piece that's parlayed with Nick Maximov for a minus 120 uh, payout for you. Uh, I have, sorry, I'm scrolling down my list here, nothing, nothing until I get to Arujo, uh minus 105. Uh, I have... Alain Patrick by submission at plus 500. I've got Angela Hill by decision at plus 220. And there it is. Those are the bets. Do we even rate these? Do we even go? Uh, what do I think my best bet is? My, In my opinion, even paying minus 210, I would say mine is uh, Chukagi and Hivas over two and a half. Ooh, yeah, that probably is it. Uh, I think my best bet is probably the... Chukagi and Hibas goes the distance, frankly. It's a parlay, parlay piece. If you want an actual bet, that's that's since that's just a parlay piece. Uh, oh, that's tough. I don't know if I have great bets. <laughs> My best bet then is going to be uh, Chukagi by decision. I think that that's a, a really solid bet. Fight that I'm staying away from, 10 football, Hadley, Nascimento. I, I want no part of that. I'm going to say it because if I say it now, then I have to commit to it. It's Ryan yeah, Spann, yes. Young Kutalaba. I'm staying away because if I say it here, I can't bet on it. Then then no one will believe me moving forward. I have to build credibility with the listeners. Staying away from Ryan Spann, Young Kutalaba. Best value underdog play. We sold ourselves on one. Was it the Andrea Lee and, uh, and Arojo winner is yes. by split decision? Uh, we don't have a nod on a line on that yet, but... Whatever that is, is a very, very solid bet. Yes, I uh, I hope we do get a line on that. Is that the only one we sold ourselves on? I could have sworn there was another like value play that we... Uh, I don't recall. I think it was the split I, That was decision. definitely a thing that we sold ourselves on, but uh, I can't think of anything else unless... Unless you're talking about the Kia Parlay, which, you know... <laughs> Oh, the Kia parlay. We're going to see how the Kia parlay goes. I mean, that is, uh, if it hits, that's an incredible call by you. Wolfpack wager. We don't have a Wolfpack wager this week, but we have a coin flip fight. We're going against each other on. I'm on Andrew Lee. You're on Araja. We're going to see how that one plays out. The head-to-head record officially begins. Does. And we need a name. So, listeners, if you guys can think of something catchy, pithy, we don't. We have the name Wolfpack Wager, but if you guys can think of anything, something you put on a yeah, T-shirt. We're trying you know? to sell merch down the line, so if you guys can think of a name, uh, let us know. And if we like it, you know, maybe we'll adopt it. All right. Well, that's all I've got. You got anything else uh, before we close this sucker I out? Do not. This week we we kept it we kept it tight. Uh, shorter card, less interesting fights. If we're being honest, um, and we you know we're in and out and. Now we just have the long wait till 7.30 on Saturday. Yeah, from right now, this moment we're recording, that's that's a solid 96 hours away. So uh, we really got to put some time in. But the good news is, bets are already made. We can start looking ahead to Holly Holm versus Ketlin Vieira next week. You thought we had it good this week. It gets even better. Santiago Ponzinibbio, uh, Michelle Pereira, though, uh, in the co-main. That's a co-main right there. That- 
that could have been a really fun fight until Michelle Pahea turned into not a fun fighter. When Michelle Pe- Chase Hooper, Philippe Corrales, come I on, mean, man. So that fight is 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 pretty solid. Um, but look, Michelle Pahea was one of my favorite guys before he joined the UFC. He was my favorite sort of unsigned talent because he's a lunatic. And he came to the UFC and he did lunatic stuff. And then Diego Sanchez beat him and he was like, oh, I can't be fun anymore. Now I have to be a good fighter. And it sucks because uh, like three years ago, Ponzinibbio versus Pahea would have been just anarchy. And now it's probably going to be a tactical welterweight battle or whatever. Oh, we got uh, we got Jelton Almeida and Parker Porter supposedly <laughs> opening the card. I actually that is going to be a ridiculous affair. Uh, Almeida is going to do some some messed up things to Parker Porter, in my opinion. Are we talking about the same Parker Porter? Who's <laughs> I was going to try and pretend like Parker Porter was good. <laughs> I can't I can't pull it off. Yeah, uh, that's probably going to happen. I wonder what that line's going to be. I bet it's large. I- I can't wait to parlay it up. I will tell you that much. All right. We will be back next week with a full card breakdown. Just taking a look there. Holly Holm, Ketlin Vieira, UFC Vegas 55. Until then, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.